Arizona's sports station. The Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload. It is the Rundown May 6th edition. I'm your host, Luke Lipinski. Michaela Perkins producing as always. Hopefully everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday out there. It is Wednesday, right? None of these days are all running together at this point. But I believe today is Wednesday. And even if it isn't, whatever. Have a good Wednesday, even if today's like Friday or something. Uh, We will start in baseball. Got the Korean Baseball League going on, which I do think is, uh, I know a lot of people are watching it closely just because, hey, it's live sports, and especially if you're up at 11, 12 o'clock at night, why not tune in? A lot of people around the station are just picking their favorite team and going to ride this out for a little bit. I think it's important to watch how this plays out, obviously, because this is the first major baseball league around the planet, at least that I know of, that has come back and is playing, and so... Maybe they can provide a blueprint for Major League Baseball. I certainly hope so. Now that I mean, obviously, different countries. Uh, South Korea is a much smaller country, so maybe they were able to contain things a little bit better or easier than uh, we are here. But I do think it's it's something to to keep an eye on. Also, because it is baseball without fans, and I've had this discussion with a few people here this week, and I've said this before on the show. I, obviously, I want fans back. They're a huge part of the game. I grew up as a fan of pretty much every sport. Covering sports now, there's nothing better than being at the actual games because of the fans, right? I mean, how much of the the experience is that? But as far as baseball, I think of the four big ones. Baseball, football, basketball, hockey. I think if you're going to show me baseball without fans in the stands, it's not going to impact my my experience nearly as much. I mean, obviously, what if I was there? But if I'm watching on TV or listening on the radio, that's not going to bother me as much as, say, you know, football when somebody scores a touchdown. But really, basketball and hockey, specifically because if they come back here anytime soon, it's going to be playoffs. Playoff hockey, I mean, you can almost just listen to the crowd and know what's going on. And basketball, too. I mean, I know there's a lot more points scored in a basketball game, whereas if there's a goal scored in a a playoff hockey game, uh, the arena just comes unhinged. But any of them if you can bring them back safely without fans at first you gotta do it which is an interesting thought when you put it up against what the Miami Dolphins are doing and there's been a lot of talk lately of would the NFL push it back a couple months or a couple weeks certainly would they be able to push it back to like November if they had to and we're not at this point yet but if they had to push back to early November with the thought that they would be able to have fans at the games as opposed to just starting on time but with no fans in the uh, in the stadiums, it's been a talking point this week, certainly, because the NFL schedule is supposed to come out this week. And how do you make that schedule? Are you making it with the assumption that there aren't going to be fans at the games? Or are you making it with the hope that we can still have that happen? And certainly, any scheduling you make, I mean, Ken Rosenthal has a story up on The Athletic today about baseball trying to come back by July 1st. Any scheduling you do right now has to be fluid. And... It has to be adaptable. You just you have to, everybody has to know that going in. Think about it. If the NFL, if they if they started their season on time, early September, but they couldn't have fans in the stadiums, and then things get so much better by early October that you can have fans, well then then you better bet they're gonna have fans. Saw a couple estimates earlier today that teams, NFL teams think they'd lose about a hundred million dollars 
if they couldn't have fans for the entire season. Which is rough. I mean, that's a big number, certainly. But again, everybody is losing money right now. Nothing, like perfection, that's out the window for a while. Perfect's out the window. We're just trying to get some sports going again when it's when it's a good time and it's safe. Trying to make some money again. If the NFL lost $100 million, well, they'd still be making what? Like $8.9 billion? I mean, it's, it's still better than, than nothing. And obviously, in that case, it's, it's better than pretty much anything if you're making that much money. But that's just the reality of the situation. Now, the Miami Dolphins, though, have a plan. And their plan is not, okay, let's see how things go. Their plan is, no, we're going to have fans at our game. Their stadium holds about 60,000 people, 65,000 people. And their plan is to allow 15,000 people to attend. And I'm very skeptical that this would work. But they're, they're trying to come up. I mean, I like the innovative thinking, and I like the forward thinking. But essentially, their plan hinges on, okay, we're only going to use every other door, every third door, every every third entrance way into the stadium, and we're going to make sure people lined up outside the stadium are, are you know, spaced out enough where they have the, the six-foot buffer that you need to have, and then when they go in, because there's only 15,000 fans instead of 65,000 fans or whatever, then they're not going to be all packed together. Again, I like the, the attempt at innovative thinking. Have you ever been to a football game? Have you ever been to an NFL game? Sometimes people drink at those games. And by sometimes, I mean a lot of times. And, and NFL crowds are pretty rowdy. So you can go in there with the idea of, okay, everybody play nice and everybody stay at least six feet away from each other and walk into the, the stadium and, and keep, a, keep this, this bubble around you. And yeah, you need to do it. But by the end of the second quarter, when the road team is, is up by 10 and the fans of the road team are taunting the fans of the home team. How many fights have you seen at an NFL game? First NFL game I ever went to, I saw a fight. First Cardinals game I ever went to, I saw another fight. And I still see them at, at most games. So I don't know that, that that's the sport that's going to be able to tell fans to stay apart but all be in the stadium, but then still stay apart for a four-hour experience on Sundays. I would assume tailgating won't be allowed, but you can't tell me that some of these fans aren't going to tailgate like in their car in the parking lot, just inside the car in secret or whatever before the game starts. You certainly can't tell me fans aren't going to drink at the games unless you're going to not serve alcohol, and that's probably like $80 million of your $100 million you're losing if you do that. Like I said, points for for trying to be innovative and creative. We're going to need a lot more thinking like that. I'm skeptical that the Miami Dolphins are going to be able to have fans at their games if we're at a point where teams can't have fans. I mean, it's tough to project something so unpredictable on May 6th, and we're talking about a season that starts the first week of September. Preseason games, whatever. You're doing the fans a favor by not making the fans go to those games. Just watch them on TV, listen on the radio. But if four months from now we're still in a similar spot and we can't figure out how to have fans at the games, I just I can't see Miami, I can't see this plan being the one that changes everything for everyone. Want to go back to that baseball story I mentioned too. 
Ken Rosenthal has a piece up on The Athletic talking about the potential of a season starting July 1st. Now, I'm kind of I'm treading lightly on these stories because how many of these are we getting? It feels like every other day it's like, well, baseball would love to start. Somebody texted me the other day. They're like, hey, look at this. The, the Premier League would like to start or they'd like to resume their season. Yeah. All of the sports would like to come back until we have a specific plan and until you can tell me, hey, they're coming back unless, you know, something unforeseen happens. I'm going to tread lightly. But I'm going to pay attention when a guy like Ken Rosenthal writes a story. And essentially what it is, is that a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk around the game of baseball right now that July 1st is the date. The target date, you have to have that. I mean, you do have to have a goal you're working towards, right? You can't, you can't just be vaguely like, oh yeah, well, I hope we come back someday. <laughs> okay, well then, you probably need a better business model. You have to have a plan in place. You know in the back of your mind if you say, okay, let's tell the players, let's tell the managers, let's tell everybody involved with these teams, we're coming back internally, we're coming back on July 1st, and we're going to need a couple weeks of spring training in the middle of summer. So summer training to get ready for the season, to ramp pitchers back up and everything. If you're going to do all that, you know in the back of your mind it could all get pushed again. But you have to have that plan. Tori Lavello was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday afternoon. I've been paying attention to things a little bit more. And to be honest with you, it started with the NFL draft. I think I might have shared that with you. We got into real time. I got super excited. So I started to pay attention to a few of the, the beat writers, sport writers that I that I really respect inside of the game. And you know, I locked on to Ken Rosenthal and Bob Nightingale who were who were quoting some people and, and anonymously, and I respect that uh, from those guys. And, and yeah, I think from from what I'm reading and hearing, they're they're there's a push to make something happen. You know, the states are opening up, and I do know this. Like I told you, Major League Baseball will not do anything if it affects them, it affects the public and their ability to get tested. They will not do anything if it is going to put anybody in harm's way, and I know for certain that you have to follow the state guidelines and what the President of the United States is saying. So, as these states are opening up, we have to be aware if we're one of the states and we can start pushing forward. So, when and if it happens, I don't know what the timing of it is, but we're starting to hear that talk, and I've been a part of work stoppages before, and this is how it's the talk happens. Everybody starts to get a little bit more ramped up and starts to get pushing, pushing in the right direction. And the next thing you know, something good happens. So that's what I'm holding hope for. Yeah, look, Tori's right. I mean, I, I've covered the NHL for a decade, and the NHL is notorious for having work stoppages. Of course, the difference is when it's a work stoppage, when both sides start talking, you kind of you can get your hopes up that, hey, these sides are at least talking. They realize how much money they're losing on both sides. And even if they don't like the other side or they don't like the, you know, the, the logistics here being laid out and then the, whatever they consider a compromise, if both sides are talking, you can start to get optimistic that you're working towards something. It's different in this case, certainly, because you're dealing with something that, that has nothing to do. It's you're dealing with science. You're not dealing with, with two sides arguing over money. I wish we were dealing with two sides arguing over money. So obviously that part's different. But as you heard Tori say right there, there is a lot of talk. And, and the rumblings really do seem to be that the plan is for July 1st. Uh, Ken Rosenthal said in his piece on The Athletic, you know, they're looking at Arizona. Not, not, not looking at Arizona as a place to play. That's already been out there for a month now. But they're looking at now how our state responds as businesses and, and some restaurants start to slowly reopen. So, you know, if if things go well here, 
that's a good sign for for Major League Baseball because this would be one of the places they would look to play. I, I know there's still an emphasis around the game of trying to have teams play in their home stadiums, and I get that, but I just feel like that's that's even more of a challenge. Strictly in the world of sports, and, and not blending real life with sports here for a second, I feel like we all need a break from all that. Another thing Tori Lovello was asked when he was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday, what happens if we go with the DH in the National League this year? Because because there's going to be, if there's a baseball season this season, it's going to look different. We, we all know that. Everybody's accepted that, I think, at this point. This particular baseball season is going to look different, and, and not just because there's going to be less games or the season starts in the summer, but the actual game itself, the actual product, is going to look different. And again, not even if there's not fans in the crowd, but DH National League games, possibly shorter games, uh, games maybe without extra innings or unique creative ways to end extra inning games, bigger rosters, double headers. There's, there's ways this is going to look different. But specifically with the DH, if it came to the National League for a year, what does Tori Lovello think would happen? I know that uh, Major League Baseball has been been toying with the idea of uh, a full-time DH in both leagues. Um, And you're right, it might be the catalyst for something like that to happen. That's the thing that I'm I'm really going to be paying attention to after this season and heading towards next year. If we get in a 100-game season or whatever for baseball, and there are some some fundamental changes for this season. How many of those changes are Major League Baseball going to bring back next year and the year after? This is their opportunity to sort of work some things in they might not normally be able to do. If Major League Baseball wanted the, the designated hitter in the National League, this is the year to try it. And if it works, and, and what's your definition of works, right? If the games are played and there's a winner, then you can say it works if that's what you want. So if you get it in there for this year, you really see them going away from it again? I kind of like I kind of like National League Baseball. I grew up in an American League city. The runs just mean a little bit less when all the games are 9 to 8, 10 to 7, four and a half hour games. D-backs games, there are there are nights when you win three to two. You need your pitcher to come through with a big hit, or you know, there's that extra strategy of, of sacrificing the pitcher or when you're gonna make a, a, a pitching change based on when that spot in the lineup is coming up. I, I like that. I like that part of the game. I don't hate the DH, but I do like National League Baseball a little bit more. And also, I, I gotta be honest, if you're trying to create shorter games, the DH does the exact opposite of that. Because you just keep scoring runs and the baseball game just keeps going. But I do wonder if they if they go with the DH in both leagues this year, which they would have to do if they're going to have a season this year, if Major League Baseball is able to look at that and just kind of let it stay past this year. This is the season for Major League Baseball to make some changes to the tradition of the game if they've been trying to push them through. Of course, you have to actually have games this year. Otherwise, that doesn't really work. One more from Tori Lovello on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. Would there be any challenges with managing and playing in front of an empty stadium? Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily know exactly what it'll feel like and what it'll feel like. We've never played in that type of environment. Now, we have 20-some-odd thousand fans every single night in, in our stadium, and even though it's an enormous stadium, it doesn't look, doesn't look like there's a lot of fans there. They're very loud, and you can hear them. So um, I'm not sure what that will be like. And... Uh, 
I know that in, ga- in this game, in this day and age, and what we're walking through right now, even though uh, it's a very tough time, if it gets about, I guess, back on the field, I'm sure it's something that we will start to get used to. Uh, you know, there's conversations that can be had inside of a dugout that you know the third base coach would never be able to hear with a, with a, a stadium full of fans. You just have to be careful. You know, when you when you would shout something across the diamond at somebody, you just have to be careful to know that the opposition could hear it. And it certainly uh, has never been an environment that I've been in. But, you know, we practice a lot in, on the backfields in, in Arizona here uh, in spring training, and there's no fans. And you get used to it. I think the guys will, will start to accept that new normal, especially if it gets them back on the field. Look, it'll be weird. It sucks. But if that's, as you heard Tori say right there, if that's the, the fastest way to get everybody back on the field safely, we're in. We're all in on that, right? We just want some sports. Nothing against the Korean Baseball League, but I I was expecting to be watching the Diamondbacks and not the KT Wiz this summer. By the way, the Wiz 0-2 so far. Tough start for them in the uh, the KBO. But yeah, I just... uh, Especially with the D-backs this season. It's supposed to be a fun season for that team, strictly in terms of of the, the roster they have built on the field. And as excited as we were about the D backs entering this season... I think that excitement level is actually even higher for the Arizona Cardinals in football season. So hopefully we can get this all squared away here pretty soon. All right, it's going to do it for us here today. Thanks to Michaela Perkins for producing, as always. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Luke Lipinski. This has been The Rundown on ArizonaSports.com.